Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bailey is tracked down for a short loss. Shamarco Thomas. It's like a missile. It's a heat-seeking missile to the football. Charles finding someone, directing his body, and trying to run through that person. An explosive safety. For some programs, maybe it doesn't mean as much. For this Syracuse program, it means a lot. What's up, Syracuse fans? It's Mike McAllister from AllSyracuse.com, part of the Sports Illustrated Network with episode 12 of the Believe in Syracuse podcast presented by Bet Online and Hoffman Sausage Company. No Shamarco Thomas for this episode, but internet sensation Kyle F. is here. Kyle, how are you doing? You know what? I am actually not doing well today. This will be the first time I That's don't terrible. say I'm doing great. Yeah, I went outside today. I got home from work. And there was a squirrel uh, on my car. He learned he could not fly. Um, and it was not a pretty sight. <laughs> that does not sound good at all. No, it's not. I Sorry out there, listeners. I'll keep it from being graphic or anything. It was just, <laughs> I didn't think I would see that when I got home today. And it was, it's been a rough few hours. <laughs> I, can, I, I, don't, I don't know that you're ever prepared to see that. No, um, never. You know, just just like, you know, you're you're never prepared for uh, accepting a third and 13 penalty. You know, you're ooh, just not prepared ooh, for that. Bring it back. <laughs> bring it back some stuff from last week. But maybe this is a good omen. Maybe getting the bat out the way now before Friday. That's where yeah. that's where I'm taking it. Or maybe is, is there some Clemson player whose nickname is Squirrel? Maybe it's an omen that he's not going to have a good day on Friday. I, I don't know. Possibly. I'm Who throwing knows? something out there. But before we get to that, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. But Syracuse versus Clemson Friday night in the Dome, and it's ironic that we are actually recording this episode on the four-year anniversary to the day of Syracuse beating Clemson in the Dome in 2017 when Clemson was defending national champions, number two in the country. Syracuse upsets them. It was the marquee signature win of the Dino Babers era. They did not win another game the rest of that season, but they followed it up the next year with a 10-win campaign. Everything seemed to be on the upward trajectory for the program, and it hasn't really gone well since that 2018 season. But it's interesting that that game was was I believe it was a Friday night. It might have been a Thursday night, but I think it was a Friday night. And four years later, you're playing Clemson the same week at home on a Friday night. It's just kind of funny how that that parallel happens. It's it is divine intervention. Sometimes uh, the seemingly impossible happens. Uh, and as you said, we're recording this on the four year anniversary going into a game, and again. You would have said four years ago, Clemson's going to be two number two ranked again. It's going to happen again. But this year they are, I would probably say the opposite of number two ranked. They are unranked coming into this game. Uh, but the game still feels as big as it ever has. It still feels like it's a, 
if we win this, fans storm the field. Like it still feels that way because of who Clemson is, what their track record is, and how talented this team should be. They're on paper, they're talented, but their record and how they've played don't back that up. Yeah, and we'll get into that um, later as far as how talented they are. They've got NFL players all over the roster. Um, but as you mentioned, Clemson is just three and two so far this season. Um, and especially offensively, they haven't played well. We'll just kind of go through their record. They lost in, in their opener against Georgia 10 to three. Obviously, you only score three points. That's not what you're looking for. But Georgia has, I think, pretty undoubtedly the best defense in the country. They're a national championship contender. So losing by a touchdown to that team is not a huge deal. Then the week after they bounce back by beating FCS South Carolina State 49 to 3. And then that's this is where it's really gotten dicey since that 49 to 3 win. A 14 to 8 win against a Georgia Tech team that let's face it isn't really blowing anyone away. They're 3 and 3. They're they're kind of a middle of the pack okay ACC team. They beat them at home 14 to 8, 6 point game. And Georgia Tech was driving late in that game with a chance to win it as well. And they needed a defensive stand, I believe, inside their own 10-yard line um, to 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 seal that win. Then they lost the following week at NC State 27 to 21 in double overtime. And then just two weeks ago, beat Clemson at home 19 to 13. And despite the fact that they won two weeks ago, their performance still dropped them out of the rankings. It's weird to have a Clemson team, given what they've been since Syracuse has entered the ACC, and not only not in the playoff discussion, but not ranked. And, you know, I think part of the reason for that, we'll get into the offensive issues, but it starts with some of those injuries. And um, the, the two big ones being starting running back Will Shipley. He injured himself in the NC state game did not play against Boston college. And um, you know, they think that he's going to be returning soon, but Dabo Sweeney said in a press conference this week that he is not expected to play against Syracuse and then their best defensive player and perhaps their best NFL prospect, Brian Brzee, starting defensive lineman. He can play inside, outside. He can rush the passer. He's extremely athletic. He's big. He can eat up space. He moves extremely well. He is just an elite defensive lineman. He is out for the rest of the season, so he will not play against Syracuse. Those two injuries take a lot away from what they want to do on both sides of the ball. Yeah, they do. And I mean, we've seen it with injuries. You see it across every team, every sport, that if you're missing some of your best players, you generally do have a worse time. And alongside those injuries to those two, alongside Brzee and Shipley, I know they're missing a lot of O-linemen. There is not a lot of consistency up front. And that's probably, I would say, the biggest injury of all is that their O-line is just hurt. And I mean, as we saw last year with a hurt O-line, Syracuse gave about 30 sacks a game. And this year, there's pressure uh, up against DJ Oyungle. He can't get the time he needs to throw the ball well. He's having issues left, right, and center. He's been sacked 10 times. I mean, it's not going well for him. Uh, but, yeah, the injuries to Shipley, especially on offense, hurt. It means there's one less guy to take the carry, one less skill position player to help you out on offense. Uh, and Brazil on defense is just one less guy they have to rely on. And it's, it hurts. It hurts the team a lot. 
There's no question. And um, I'm simply going to refer to him as DJ. I am not going to embarrass myself by attempting to pronounce that. I have tried to practice. It did not go well. So I'm just going to leave it at DJ. And, and that way we won't have any issues from that perspective. But uh, Clemson as a rushing team has, has ran for about 147 yards per game. They have nine rushing touchdowns. Um, Will Shipley, who is out, has five of their nine rushing touchdowns. Uh, DJ has a pair. Um, the, as a team, Clemson's averaging four and a half yards per carry. But um, even with all of those those great rushing numbers, um, you know, a, a lot of that came against South Carolina State. Two hundred and forty-two of their seven hundred and thirty-six yards came against South Carolina State. Uh, they only ran for two yards total against Georgia. They ran for. Um, 158 against Georgia Tech, which is obviously good, but um, you know it, it only 103 against NC State, um, and then only uh, they did run for 231 against Boston College. So they've been up and down there. Um, if but if you can take that running game away and, and make it so that they're not consistently gaining yards on the ground. That puts a lot of pressure on a passing attack that's been extremely inconsistent. And with that offensive line you mentioned that they've had players in and out of the lineup. The continuity is not there. The chemistry is not there among that front five. And because of that, it's allowed teams to get pressure on DJ to get into the backfield. And if you can start forcing them into some second and long and third and long situations, that's where in years past, because Clemson's offensive line has been so good, it doesn't matter if you know that they're going to throw the ball because they're going to be able to give Trevor Lawrence the time to throw it. But then also they could run a screen pass to a guy like a Travis Etienne who is just an elite playmaker and he can turn a short catch into a huge gain. You had Trevor Lawrence who, despite the fact that you know his reputation as a thrower was such a, at such an elite level, he was a much better runner of the football than I think he was given credit for. And he would burn teams on those third and six, third and eight situations where you drop into coverage and, you know, next thing you know, no one's open. He's taken off and running for a first down. Um, DJ can do that a little bit, but he's not getting the same protection that Trevor Lawrence got over the last few years. And that has really impacted these, the uh, effectiveness of the offense as well. It's tailgating season and no one does it better than Hoffman's Sausage Company. Beer Bratwurst, Jalapeno Cheddar Sausage, Kabasi, and Bun Length Chicken Sausage. Add them to the menu with classic German Franks and Snappy Grillers, and fans will go wild. Proudly made in New York since 1879, when you bite into a Hoffman, you experience a little bit of upstate history. Taste tells, Hoffman is a proud partner of Syracuse University Athletics. That's where I think... Syracuse has some opportunities to um, really frustrate this Clemson offense. We know that Syracuse has has um, so far this season been pretty good against the run. I know that they gave up a couple of long runs against Florida State, but outside of that, they've been pretty good against the run. Uh, they were good last week against Wake Forest. I believe it was the first time since week one of the 2020 season that Wake Forest did not have at least 100 yards as a team rushing. And so that that tells you how good how good of a job they did against the Demon Deacons. 
if they can have another solid performance against Clemson, you as as I said, you get them into those second and third long third and long situations, you're gonna see that front four start to put pressure on DJ and count sort of counter to what they did last week. Um, contrasting styles here. They purposely did not blitz Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman because of how good he has been against pressure. DJ is kind of the opposite of that. He has struggled when he has gotten pressure brought against him when you bring those extra pass rushers. And I don't know that that's necessarily his fault, but the Clemson offensive line has struggled to pick it up. So I would not be surprised if you see Syracuse bring a lot of pressure packages in this one to try to confuse DJ and force him into some difficult situations. I wouldn't be shocked if they did it either. And I mean, that is a complete 180 on what we saw last week, which is they brought no pressure at all. I mean, Hartman sat in the pocket and could have made a cup of tea, could have made a full like three course meal and still had time to throw the ball. And I would expect the opposite this week. Cause as you said, Uyunglele is getting confused by this pressure and his game this year has just been off. I mean, he was touted as this guy who is, a top recruit has a cannon for an arm. He's got Nata and Ross on the outside. Ross is a NFL prospect who going into the year was like a top 10 draft pick prospect. And he's not played like it because Uyunglele can't make a pass to save his life right now. I mean, Ross so far against BC last week had one catch for 15 yards. That's not what an NFL prospect does in a week. I mean, he's someone who is 6'4", 205, he can go up and get the ball. He can burn you, but he's not doing anything. And Nata's had a better year uh, receiving the ball for him. But even Joseph Nata, like 6'3", 220, he's fast. He's got speed. Even he hasn't had the best season, but he's clearly the go-to target. And just they have not, in my opinion, helped Uyunglele at all, who hasn't helped himself. I mean, right, and and Clemson is only throwing the ball for 176 yards a game, 177 yards per game. And as you mentioned, Justin Ross, he's only averaging 46 yards receiving per game. Um, that's And he's got three of Clemson's four receiving touchdowns on the season through five games. Keep in mind, Clemson has only played five games uh, because they had a bye last week. And, uh, but as you mentioned, uh, Joseph Nada has 333 yards. He leads the team averaging almost 20 yards a catch. So he's definitely a guy Syracuse is going to have to keep an eye on in terms of making plays down the field. We saw Wake Forest burn Syracuse with some deep passes. So Syracuse, I think, is going to have to be uh, cognizant of Clemson trying to replicate some of those things. The thing that Syracuse has going for them in this one, as I've already mentioned seemingly half a dozen times, Wake Forest offensive line has been performing at a much higher level than Clemson's so far this season. So um, that's where some of that pressure, I think, could help Syracuse in this game. And um, the other thing to note is Justin Ross has 23 receptions. Joseph Nada has 17. No one else on the team has more than six. I mean, that's that's crazy. You're used to having four or five guys that can torch you. And really this year, outside of those two, they're really not throwing the ball around, which means you don't have as much to worry about in terms of def- defending, um, you know, three, four, five playmakers all over the field. Yeah, I mean, you go back to 2020 and yes, it was a weird year. Clemson had a kind of strange team. Uh, I know Ross didn't play at all in 2020. But even just going back to that, they ended the year with five guys over 20 receptions. I only think two are going to pass that this year. 
and it's going to be Natsa and Ross. That's all they're going to get. That they had last year, Rogers, Powell, Etienne, Galloway, and Williams, the tight end, all eclipsed 20 receptions. They're not going to get close this season. It is the two of them. They are riding them until like the wheels fall off the horse. That I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's just nobody else, but it's the two of them and it's pace at running back and Shipley when he gets back at running back. That is all they have that it feels like. Yes. That their offense runs through them. And I don't get if there's a disconnect between Uyunglele and going through all of his reads or what it is, but something for them has to change if they're going to figure it out. Because again, Ross is an NFL prospect. Nata can be an NFL prospect. So could she, like they have prospects on the um, like on their roster. They have good players, but for some reason, this top recruited quarterback who was touted as the guy behind Trevor Lawrence can't do it. And if I'm being honest, Uyunglele must be so happy he doesn't have Caleb Williams behind him like Rattler does in Oklahoma, where he gets booed off the field when Caleb Williams comes in as the backup and wins the game for them. He doesn't have a guy behind him as good as he is. That if, if he was in the same spot as Rattler, he would have been out week one. That he's got no pressure, as much, like no nearly as much pressure as other guys have behind them. That he is sitting there pretty that he can play this poorly and do this well. I mean, last year he completed more passes and he played like garbage time every quarter. He 78 for 117, I believe. And he's 76 for 140 this year. I mean, that's just not good numbers from being honest with you. Yeah, no, no question. And um, you know, a couple more quick notes before we move on to Clemson's uh, Clemson on the defensive side of the ball is number one um, that DJ can run the ball a little bit. You know, he's, he's, um, if, if you include his sacks, he's only averaging about three yards, uh, per carry, but that includes, um, I believe uh, 10 plus sacks on the season. Um, those numbers are taken out of his rushing, rushing yards, but he's, he's a guy who can certainly run the ball. He's a big physical guy. He's not the, um, Jordan Travis type that we saw in Florida state that really hurt Syracuse on the ground. He's more of um, similar running style to Garrett Schrader in that he's a big physical guy, tough to bring down as opposed to the quick shifty type. So keep an eye on him in terms of what he can do with his feet. Without Will Shipley, the top running back is Kobe Pace. He's averaging 5.7 yards per carry, um, about 44 yards per game. But again, the first five games of the season, he was the backup to Will Shipley. So those two were kind of splitting carries. Um, Shipley was getting the bulk there. But um, those are a couple guys to keep an eye on in terms of, of Clemson running the ball. And then Clemson is coming off of a bye week. And I do think that 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 gives them some opportunity to work out some of those kinks that they've had offensively because there is talent there um, and perhaps come in with the game plan and with, you know, a sort of refreshed sense of, okay, let's kind of start over with this thing on that side of the ball. And I think there's a possibility for some wrinkles there in terms of some uh, different looks, different formations, maybe countering off of uh, some things that they've been doing so far this season, kind of a self scouting report and then figuring out how to um, counter that if if you're anticipating what your opponent's going to do. So keep an eye on some things Clemson could do game plan wise 
to try to take advantage of expected aggressiveness on Syracuse's side. On the defensive side of the ball, Clemson is still one of the best teams in the nation. Um, only one team has scored more than 13 points against Clemson so far this season. And that was NC state in the 27 to 21 win uh, three weeks ago. And that was in double overtime as well, by the way. Um, and so NC state only scored 14 points in regulation. So nobody has hit the 20 point mark. Nobody has scored more than 14 points on Clemson in regulation so far this season through five games. That includes playing an elite Georgia team um, and playing a Boston College team that prior to that had been pretty good um, offensively, although I think you know some of that was uh, based on who they were playing as opposed to them being an elite offensive team. But even still, Clemson can do a little bit of everything. They're averaging about two and a half sacks per game. They're forcing about one and a half turnovers per game. Um, they they have a bunch of guys that can get after the quarterback, even without Brzee there. Miles um, Murphy, Xavier Thomas. Um, you know, those are a couple of guys to keep an eye on. They've, they have a bunch of guys who have racked up multiple tackles for loss. They really do a good job of playing behind the line of scrimmage, reading, reacting. They're, they have big, fast athletes. Uh, they cover well. And, um, you know, they've, they've picked off, I think four passes, three or four passes so far this season as well. So, uh, five in total, um, that they have picked off. So averaging one interception per game, um, just, you know, from top to bottom, even without Brazil, they still are just loaded with talent and, I think it's going to be such a huge challenge for Syracuse in this game to score points. You feel like if they can get to figure out a way to get to 20 points and be the first team that does that against Clemson so far this season, that, that they have a really good chance of winning the game based on what Clemson's offense has done. But, you know, I, I don't know that this is a game where Syracuse can score 10 points and win. I think you got to try to get to that 20 point mark, no matter what you, no, no matter how you do it. Um, and that might take a special teams or a defensive touchdown in order to do it because Clemson's defense is just unbelievably elite. It is unbelievably elite. And I agree. It'll take some miracles somewhere uh, and something to happen. But I think part of it, and I was just looking at the stats, they've let up a hundred yards three times this season. It is just a hundred and change for three of them. One of them again was against Georgia and Georgia's the top team in the nation currently. So take that with a grain of salt. So two, two games over hundred yards, two games under it, and then Georgia, whatever. Um, but none of those teams. And again, none of those teams have the running attack that Syracuse does. I think that is the biggest thing that Clemson is a very good defensive team, but they have not come up against a running attack, even close to where this is that. I mean, we saw it last week with how SU played running the ball. I mean, against wake forest last week, you look at the stats, just, Glossing them over, Schrader and Tucker each eclipsed 150 yards. That doesn't happen often, but that's what SU's running attack is like. That if there was a team to, yes, they're more athletic. Yes, they're all of this and all of that. But if there's one way to be an athletic team, it is just to run through them. That the athletic ability comes in when you're passing the ball more often. Schrader's not going to do that. He's not throwing the ball 40 times this game. It's just not going to happen. 
it's going to be the Sean Tucker show the entire time. And as you said, Clemson had the week off. They had the bye week to prepare for this team on defense. But I don't think that's going to matter. And the reason I don't think it's going to matter is because we saw what happened last time Clemson came to them on a Friday night for a night game when they were ranked. They came in. The dome was packed. It was rocking. The smallest thing happened, dome erupts. That the, the bye week Clemson had is canceled out by the fact that at these this is going to be nearly a sold-out game. This is going to get really close to being the full dome filled to the brim with fans. I know I have seen ads that there are people putting out like how many tickets are left. There's not a lot of tickets left. I know the student section is expecting to overflow into multiple sections across where they normally are. I, I would expect a, sing, a single Sean Tucker run or a single Garrett Schrader run. One of them afterwards is just going to flex a little bit or something. And the entire crowd is going to go nuts. And then they're going to say, okay, let's keep this going. And then if you're a Clemson crowd, you're used to playing in the big games, you're used to playing in like Death Valley in Clemson where they play. Like their stadium is loud, but the dome with SU with a really good shot at beating this team. I mean, we're 13 and a half point underdogs. That is criminal, in my opinion. I, I think they take all of that and they shove it at this Clemson defense and they say, we're just not going to pass the ball. Like Andrew Booth Jr., sorry. Doesn't matter. You're out of business for the day. We're not passing the ball. We're going to run through you. And at some point, yes, Sean Tucker will get tired. Garrett Shade will get tired, but their defense will be tired first. That if you hit them 20 times, they'll get tired faster than Schrader will, than uh, Tucker will. And you've got Lutz behind him. You have Abdul Adams behind him too. You've got Pena. You've got runners behind them. Just run through and run and run and run at this Clemson game, this team. I would expect like 60, 70 runs this game. If I'm, if I, if I could, if I had the game plan, I would just run through them and just keep running at them. And you know, what's interesting is you brought up the 13 and a half point spread and Clemson has only scored more than 14 points in regulation against an FBS team so far this season once in four games. They scored 14 against Georgia Tech in that win. They scored three against Georgia. They scored 14 in regulation against NC State. And they scored 19 against Boston College. They've only hit, they haven't hit 20 points in regulation yet so far this season against an FBS team. And I get the fact that they've got these really good players on offense and they've got the bye week and, and extra time to prepare. But the point spread of 13 and a half points means you're almost suggesting that you're almost expecting Clemson to win like 17 to three. You don't think Syracuse is going to score really more than three or six points because they can't be expecting Clemson to all of a sudden score 30. Uh, It just, you know, it doesn't seem to make sense based on how they perform so far this season. Uh, Other context, as far as Clemson's defense, They are 21st in the country in rushing yards allowed per game at 102.6. Just for comparison's sake, Syracuse is 31st at 113.8 yards per game. And Liberty is actually ranked ahead of them at 19. So um, Syracuse ran the ball pretty well against them just for, uh, you know, some some comparison there. But, um, you know. As we said, Clemson's defense is certainly going to be a challenge, and I agree with you. I think the way that you approach it is you go 
right up against it head on and say, let's do this because we don't think you've seen a rushing attack like ours. And that RPO action can is just so difficult to defend when you've got a guy like Schrader and Tucker back there. I think it'll put a different type of pressure on, um, on Clemson's defense. And what's interesting too, is I had the chance to speak with um, a beat writer that covers Clemson um, this week. And one of the questions I asked, his name is uh, Brad Sankey from uh, allclemson.com. And one of the questions I asked him was, you know, listen, Clemson's defense is about as good as it gets in the country. So where are they vulnerable? And he said, you know, Clemson's got a couple of guys out on that defensive line, including uh, Brian Brzee, and that they haven't, without some of those guys that are hurt, the push that they've gotten from that defensive line has not been the same in order to disrupt some of those running plays in the backfield before they get going. And so teams aren't getting 50, 60 plus yard rushing touchdowns or anything like that against them necessarily. But the tackles for loss have not been there the last couple of games, especially without those key guys in the lineup. So that's another thing to keep an eye on is how Syracuse's offensive line performs against that depleted Clemson defensive line. Next, I want to get into special teams, our favorite topic. Um, Syracuse has struggled so much punting the ball this season. Kick and punt coverage units have been pretty solid for the most part. Andre Schmidt has been a little bit up and down. But punting for Syracuse has been really where there's a major issue. And this is a game where, although statistically Clemson has a significant edge in terms of its punting, um, they're they're only averaging about 40.3 yards per punt, which is not great. It's probably slightly below average, even though it's still above what Syracuse has done. So there could be an opportunity to win some field position battle um, opportunities in this one. And you know, from from a returning standpoint, they've been okay. Um, nothing of of major significance there uh, for Clemson. And you know, with that punting situation, I really feel like that's where the biggest discrepancy potentially could be and has been in the last couple of games. And I don't think the gap is as wide as it has been. The big key for me is is James Williams healthy. And can he start punting the ball like he was in the first two to three games of the season, as opposed to what he did against Wake Forest when he clearly wasn't healthy? That is the biggest key. And I'm a Saints fan. I have to do it. Last week, the Saints had Blake Gillikin, the former Penn State punter, have one of the best punting performances I've ever seen in my life. He three punts in a row downed Clemson or downed not Clemson. Uh, he downed the Washington football team within the three-yard line three times in a row. The one-yard line, the three-yard line, and the three-yard line. And the impact it had is that the first drive, three and out. Second one, first play, first down, three and out. Because you're backed up to your end zone. That punting is a major part of the game that is not taken into account because everyone's like, oh, the offenses are going to do the work they have to. But if William Williams can get anything on his punts, just get 40 yards on punts, just get that get that 40 yard punt consistently it means a whole world to that defense 10 extra yards behind them 
is 10 extra yards of cushion you have behind you to relax a little bit. And if you can get a punt that backs them up within a 10 yard line, backs up with Uyunglele and Pace, who is not as good as Shipley is. It's just one extra thing. The defense now says, okay, they're within the 10 yard line. We can be a little bit more aggressive because we understand we've got 90 yards behind us now. And I hope Williams is healthy enough to play because as we said last week, he just didn't look healthy against Wake Forest. It, he was clearly hurting. And in honesty, he shouldn't have played, but I don't know how much I trust the backup to play uh, from what we've seen. So I don't really know is the honest thing. I am looking at Trevor Pena, our returner, because I did see an article this week and he was like, I am ready. I am ready to do this. I'm ready to bring a, bring a big return. And if there is any game to have a big return, it is against Clemson. That is the, the big note. If you were to do it in any game this season, do it one of them. Just one big return, rattle off a 40-yarder against Clemson, just put us in field position, and all is good on all is good for the year. Yes. Now, um, Clemson. So I'll, I'll start with with the uh, commentary on James Williams. Um, to to further your point about uh, field position, twice last week he had very short punts that resulted in Wake Forest starting in Syracuse territory. They had 10 points off of those two possessions in a game that went to overtime. So field position can directly impact the scoreboard. And that's why I think James Williams in a game that looks on paper, like it's going to be a defensive struggle where points are going to be at a premium. You have to force them to go the length of the field instead of giving them short field opportunities with an offense that's struggling. You don't want to give them, especially early, some momentum and some confidence so that they can start uh, start rolling. But uh, Clemson, their, their top punter is Will Spears. He's averaging 41.8 yards per punt. Um, his long is 53 on the season. The field goal kicker is BT Potter. He's five for six, but his long is just 42 yards. So he's, he uh, he's over one from 50 plus. Um, so does not have a lot of um, opportunities this year to, to kick some of those longer field goals, but um, in from 42 yards in he's five for five so far in the season. So he's, he's been pretty good um, from a punt return standpoint will taylor is their top punt return guy he's averaging almost 11 yards per punt return which is pretty solid um clemson is giving up about 8.4 yards per punt return um, which isn't great but the longest punt return on the season is only nine yards that an opponent has had against clemson so their punt return um, coverage has been pretty good so far this season only two teams have attempted a kick return kickoff return against Clemson um, and with a long of 25 yards, not a lot of success, but on the other side of it, um, Kobe pace and will Taylor are going to be your kick returners uh, for Clemson and the long in terms of kick returns for Clemson is only 28 yards. So it doesn't look like their kick return team has been um, all that dynamic this year. So Syracuse uh, is going to want to make sure that they keep it that way for sure. That is where special teams stands um, coming off of a bye week for Clemson. Can they put it together offensively an elite defense 
Syracuse's vaunted rushing attack against one of the best rushing defenses in the country. Syracuse's defense that has been uh, very good this year going up against an offense that has struggled but has some talent. There's a lot of interesting dynamics and a lot of interesting uh uh, opportunities for the coaching staffs have have a little bit of a chess match here. Um, you know, kind of your final thoughts, Kyle, on where you see this game going, how how um, you know you think Syracuse can take advantage of some opportunities, and uh, you know we'll get a prediction from you as far as a final score. Yeah. So in terms of just where this game is going to go, that's the the money question, the one everyone wants to know. It's going to be a close game. I think we can agree on that, that it's going to be close. Clemson's defense is good enough to keep it close. And their offense is not good enough to extend it away, keep the lead away. That if Clemson gets a lead, they're not going anywhere. We're not South Carolina State. I'm going to say that to the fans that think we are. We're just not. We have a good defense. We have a great defense, even. That uh, Garrett Williams, Deuce Chestnut, we saw last week they're human. They're going to want to prove something. I know Deuce, after he let up that touchdown in the end zone, he was maybe 20 feet from me. He was lying there head in hands. He was not happy. He was angry at himself. He's going to want to bounce back this week against Nata and Ross. And I know Garrett really was going to feel the exact same way after being torched for over 100 yards. The two of them are going to want to bounce back. They're going to get the receivers covered. And the D-line is going to want to get after Uyunglele and prove them wrong. All it comes down to for me is the momentum of the game. All it takes to get momentum back if you're Syracuse is one play. It's one sack. It's one fumble recovery. It's one interception. It's one lung-busting run from Sean Tucker for 30 yards at least. That All it takes is one, and the crowd's going to go nuts. But if you're Clemson, to get the momentum back, you need to do a lot more than just that because the SU crowd is still going to be loud the entire time unless you shut them up. And I don't think they can do that. In all honesty, I don't think they have the ability this year to do that. So with all of that taken into account, I think if I'm a betting man, firstly, I bet against the spread. I think Syracuse covers easily in this game. I don't think we lose by two touchdowns. That's just not happening. I think SU wins it in a close one. I am it. As you said, it happened four years ago. I'm going 27, 24 Syracuse. I'm, I'm going right back to where it was, 27-24. I think we get three rushing touchdowns, two from Tucker, one from Schrader. I think Schmidt gets back, hits two field goals, and we go out of here celebrating. Not only are you taking Syracuse against the spread, but you're also taking the over on that with the 27-24 Scott. Interesting. Um, here's here's what I think is is important to this game. Obviously, you know, all of the standard stuff uh, with, you know, take care of the football, force them into turnovers, get after the quarterback, force them in the third and longs, all of that cliche stuff, be efficient on third downs, blah, blah, blah. But to me, I think what's very important in this game is what happens early on, and that's the crowd is going to be very loud early and we know the crowd can have an impact on the game for Syracuse to take advantage of that energy, come out of the tunnel with a bunch of energy, knowing how important this game is to try to get back above 500, um, knowing you've got to hit the road next week against a good Virginia tech team. Um, you know, I think getting a score on the board and getting out into the lead in this game because of some of these things we talked about with Clemson's defense and, and all that, I think to keep the fans engaged and into it and, 
energetic and impacting what Clemson does offensively, getting an early score, like in your first couple of possessions, going down and scoring a touchdown to take a seven, nothing or seven, three lead, I think would be huge for that and for momentum and to get some belief on your sideline and, and put some pressure on, on the Clemson sideline on the flip side of that. I think it's important for Clemson to try to navigate Syracuse's energy when when the game first starts, try to prevent that early score, p- perhaps get one of your own to try to get the the Syracuse crowd to be a little bit on the quieter side. Um, you know, I, I think what happens sort of the first half of the first quarter could end up going a long way to how the game plays out. What I'm going to do for my prediction, I'm going to switch it up from what I've done the last few weeks. I, I picked Syracuse in every game so far this season, and they are a couple of plays here and there for making every one of those predictions correct, but it hasn't worked the last two weeks. So I'm going to go the opposite because for whatever reason, when I predict something, it almost never seems to come true. So let's prove that I'm dumb. Once again, we'll say Clemson 17, Syracuse 13, a low scoring defensive slugfest. We'll see what happens. I think either way, I think it's going to be a close game. I agree with you. I think it's going to be a defensive game uh, for the most part. And, you know, it's going to be a couple of plays here and there where whoever makes the play is is going to lead his team to victory. So a uh, big one in, in the Dome Friday night. Two, two teams that, uh, you know, desperately want to win to try to get their seasons back on track. It'll certainly be interesting to see how it goes. And then after the game, of course, We will have an episode next week breaking it all down for you. But that'll do it for episode 12, the Believe in Syracuse podcast presented by Bet Online and Hoffman Sausage Company. I'm Mike McAllister for Kyle F, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.